Welcome, everyone, to the L7C Podcast Season 3. Today, we have our first UFC episode of 2022, and we have our MMA UFC expert, Mr. Chuck Marlowe. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Would be better doing better if we had uh, two weeks of fantasy. <laughs> that is true. You would have been a champ. Jamar Chase almost had, what, 60 points? 266 and three touchdowns. That's that is crazy, but it is what it is with that. But at least you have a full year of MMA fights to talk about and get ready for since you're gonna be in the States this year. Oh yeah. So Chuck man, basically for this episode, just want you to like recap 2021 what you thought UFC MMA at a whole did well, what they could have been well, some of your top moments. And now that we're in 2022, what are things that we're looking uh what are some top fights already on the card that you're already going to start making predictions for? So 2021 was a wild year for UFC. Um, as always though, it's a sport, combat sport. So you get people from all ranges of life, all walks of life. So you got a lot of different scenarios that happen this year. Um, a lot of great fights that happened, some legend- legendary moments, people breaking out um, in their career, and also people um, looking like they may not be at the top of their career anymore. So we have a lot of different things changing over, a lot of belts changing over for a uh, first time in a long time. You had some people just dominating their weight divisions, like Kamara Usman, Amanda Nunes losing her belt, uh, Juliana Pena. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see where that goes got Poirier who um, still can't get that belt you got a lot of other people like John Jones got a lot of new faces in the um, heavyweight division like Cyril Gain um, who are trying to make a name for himself and then Ganu so you got some different things setting up here bantamweight divisions loaded as always so we got a lot of different things that are coming up in 2021 that are going to be through the roof so uh, I'll even start with Amanda Nunes because she obviously lost it at the end of 2021, which was a shocker to the most to of the, the world. Plant, to the world. Where does she go? Do you do immediate rematch in 2022? And what pay-per-view would you do the rematch at? Well, it's Amanda Nunes. Obviously, you're going to do an immediate rematch, especially if you're Dana. He shows his dominant fighters, his favoritism, fighters who continue to fight and everything. So we'll see. Um, I think he's going to go immediately right back into it. I just. I, I'm going to say this now. I felt very indifferent with how that fight, fight ended right there from a fighter who was at like top level, top notch fighter. She just looked to abandon everything right there at the end. I don't know if it was the gas tank or what, or what she just blew her training to the side. She just looked like she wanted to stand there and trade blows. She wanted to get into a rowdy fight. I don't know if they're trying to build care, like build a story here and build some money and revenue, or if she just, forgot all of her training but it looked like she just kind of threw it there for a second do you think she already started resting on her laurels like she's done like or do you think she's still hungry i think she's still hungry but i think she's just trying to i think she was worried about either trying to put on a show for everyone because she doesn't usually get into scrappy fights and everybody thinks her fights are boring maybe because she just dominates everybody or is it just she's just I don't know if she's just trying to build money here or build a storyline because she knows that she can easily win. Because at one point in the fight, she was in there smiling. She looked like she was dominating. And it looked like she was just going to walk all over her. And then the next second, she's just like getting blasted in the face. And she just 
doesn't look like she has any type of defense or anything to put her hands up. Okay. Well, that's going to be a very interesting rematch, especially from like bettings. Cause I still feel like in the rematch, Amanda would still probably be the betting favorite. Yeah, they would definitely put her as probably a minus. I wouldn't say it would be a minus. It wouldn't be a minus 1,000 like it was before. It'd probably be like maybe minus 500. They'd probably cut it in half. Um, but I should have bet on that fight. I had tried to bet on the fight beforehand. I was going to bet on Pena. I could have probably won me a lot of money there. Had a gut feeling maybe something was going to happen, but should have did it. What's Usman going to be doing in 2022? Because I, I feel like he's one of the top like overall fighters in UFC. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but what is he gonna? Who's he fighting gonna potentially in 2022? Well, there's really anyone in his weight class anymore that can fight him on his level right now. There's nobody. Um, he's dominating his weight class. Um, I want to see if he moves up or down. I think he'd probably move up because he's a heavier type of guy and see if he might go up and see if he can um, fight in a different division and see if maybe move up from welterweight to light heavyweight or something and see where he can go from there. I think he's going to try and figure out another division. Him and Conor McGregor, of course, talking, maybe he's trying to set himself up for a nice big payday. But um, I don't, I'm not really sure what he's going to go from there. Is Conor even going to fight in 2022? Like uh, he, that'd be more of an anomaly if he did fight. I don't know. Conor's, probably relaxing to making his money. He's talking about fighting Jake Paul. He's talking about a bunch of different other things. He has a lot of different people who he can usually fight because he's on that GOAT status tier, but I don't know. He's kind of diminishing right now in value. So we'll see pretty much where he goes from there. Um, I can see him fighting. Obviously, him and Dana are like best friends. They said it like probably three days ago on Twitter. They're sitting there talking about like how he's like his favorite and everything. So I don't know. Dana will let him in at any moment to try and sell box office hit. But someone who has beaten Connor, Dustin Poirier, and he lost again. What is he looking like for 2022 this year? Like, is he going to find his way back to another title match? Could he ever? Like, what is, what is stopping him from winning this title? He's a journeyman right now. He's still in journeyman status. He's just searching for that moment where he can get the title like Charles Oliveira had. Charles Oliveira was in the game for a long time. He worked really hard to get to the level where he is to get that belt. Um, and he's defending it right now. Um, so I think Dustin Poirier, he's going to probably make another circle back around. Hopefully he can just go through the whole um, lightweight division again like he did last time after he lost to Khabib. He bounced back. He started beating a lot of top-name fighters. He got better. Honestly, he just needs to work on his wrestling. His boxing's top-notch. If he works on his wrestling and his ground game, he will – take himself to another level and i think that's just the one thing that's separating him from the other fighters that's not putting him at that belt status khabib he got out wrestled against charles Oliveira. he got out wrestled and that's the story of why he can't win a belt he has to get that wrestling down mma is an overall sport it's not just boxing when you get to divisions like that um you have a lot of people who are well versed in a lot of different things so you have to make yourself dynamic make yourself able to adapt into a fight and so that's what's going to really get him that belt here in 2022, if he can do that. And you brought up John, John Jones, who obviously his year of 2021 and all the controversy with him. Is he going to fight this year? I, I know he was making the move to heavyweight, and then that's never flourishing anything right now. So, yeah, he made the move to heavyweight, and then he got in all the trouble, obviously. People still are speculating what's going on in that household because she seems 
to be scared and maybe in like a situation where she's trapped, doesn't look happy, doesn't look like a good marriage. But obviously, you don't know what happens inside the home and we don't know what all is going on. Um, we just know of what happened previously and what's currently going on from what we can see from the outside end. Um, so for John, I don't know. He had the grappling thing with uh, Mr. Jack Swagger um, <laughs> that got pulled or something. And then they're both talking mess still. I don't know. He's at a point in his career where I'm, we're just trying to figure out where, he, where he's going to go. I don't think he has too much opportunity right now in the UFC because of all the antics and stuff going on, but I can see him getting back to it. But I just don't know where Dana sits with him right now. So 2022, what's the first big UFC pay-per-view fights that we need to know and what you're going to be covering? Like, what are we, what's the first big ones? Um, well, you have a UFC fight night um, coming up January 15th with Cater <laughs> and um, Chika Zay. I can never pronounce his name, right? Yeah, I think that's going to be the first event they have of the year. It's not a super big event to fight night. Cater's trying to bounce back after some losses how that goes but the first big pay-per-view box office hit that we have is going to be UFC 270 and Ganu versus Cyril Gaines okay. um, and then you also have Moreno versus Figueiredo part 3 so we'll see how that one goes and I think you have a few other fights on there like Greg Hardy um, Cody Stamen versus Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov, and then a few other fighters um, on that card so there's some people trying to make some breakout names. I see some breakout fighters on that card for sure. And then you obviously have Cyril Gain and Francis Ngannou, who are two well-matched, big, beefy, athletic heavyweights mm-hmm. who are going to get after it. I think that fight's going to be explosive. Two huge knockout uh, power fighters. Um, we'll see where they can go with that one starting off 2021. So if you were running ufc right now in 2022 what would your goals be for this year is it increase more fan attendance obviously everyone's as revenue is it get more pay-per-views and like what is your goal that you would want to do i sound like jay paul here but i'll pay some fighters if i'm in the ufc uh, if i'm leading the ufc i'm trying to pay my fighters make them a little bit happier because some fighters are not trying to fight in the ufc anymore you got people moving over to other different name um, brand type of companies you like pride glory um bellator so where they're actually paying their fighters so some of these fighters um are starting to maybe get a little bit on edge with dana so we'll see how that goes starting in 2022 that's one thing that i was the ufc i would try and separate myself and actually start doing what my fighters want and make this a real sport make it something that people can actually pay into so you brought up Paul, which was just recently that he said he would retire from boxing and whatnot and do the UFC if Dana White agreed to X, Y, and Z about, uh, I was going to say, pay or, uh, fighters getting paid. When you saw, and there's a whole bunch of health care, all of that, when you saw that, what did you think about that? Well, first thought that came to mind was Jake Paul um, retiring from boxing is as irrelevant as anything else so no one really cares you don't really have a real boxing career mm-hmm. um you beat some low-level names um at the end of their careers congratulations it made me and I, was, I know a lot of other mma fans and a lot of other mma people happy kind of so and it weirded out kind of that we're siding with jake paul for one um 
but I think he made a very valid point. Now the 50% revenue part, he's a little bit outrageous. I know they'll never be able to really do that a hundred percent. Um, you probably would have to do maybe like 20% of revenue or less probably. I feel like when he's making the case for these 50 payer fighters, 50 K per fight as to where right now it's like 12,000 per fight after tax and stuff. Like I was already um, talking about on the previous one, how they're after all this fighting and they only maybe fight four times a year. They're making like 12,000 a fight. That's not enough to live off of for some people. They have families, they have kids, like they have to work other jobs and stuff like that. And they have bills that are constantly due at the end of the month. So they need something that's going to provide for them monthly. And then with the healthcare part, you have a lot of them who have CTE, a lot of retired fighters who are coming out with a lot of different brain issues that they're having. So they have no long-term healthcare, which sucks because they can't get the type of research or the type of healthcare that they need to progress better in life. And then you have a lot of crazy antics that usually happen from retired people. Hell, look at Antonio Brown right now with CTE going on, running off on the field, taking off his jersey and stuff. It's a serious problem because if the NFL said, no, we're not going to give healthcare to fighters, then, I mean, players, then it would all hell would break loose. So that's the one thing that would separate it and make it an actual organization that's as respectable as the NFL or the NBA. So what, do the other fighting promotions do that? Uh, I know, I think Bellator does. I'm not 100% about Pride or any of the other ones. I have to look more into that. But I know that uh, usually like uh, Bellator does, they provide healthcare for the fighters. That's why it's a lot more, it's ran better. And they have a lot more public events and stuff, and they have a lot more success rate for fighters afterwards. But UFC brings in more money, right? Or is it correct? So they bring in more money, but top-notch fighters. Okay. So they bring in more money, but they won't provide their people healthcare. Correct. Wow. Or the adequate enough healthcare. So why haven't like the top, all the top fighters? like all go on social media or make their own self committee and really advocate this stuff. I know a couple would do every now and again, but why are they not like doing it as a group? I think some of it's under the money table. Some of it's also a bunch of other things. Some people are actually like they're making this most money they ever made in their life. So this is like stuff that's really providing for their family. So they don't really want to speak out too much. And then you have a lot of other different situations. I'm not hundred percent sure. I know, you got fighters, so Dana maybe has some dirt, maybe he's covering up some fighters and stuff like that. He's covered for antics, so they're like, all right, we'll take less pay cut for this, that, the other. I'm not 100% sure. I just know the promotional branding. A lot of fighters can't have their own sponsorships and stuff because Dana usually pipelined it in from the UFC. Yeah, I do think with 2022 and... Now you, like you said, we're in a world now we're siding with Jake Paul about this healthcare stuff for UFC because he's been adamantly going at Dana any chance he gets. That's true. He has, um, I know one of the things they were talking about was he was saying Dana White does cocaine. So he was like, if you submit to a drug test every month, then this, that, the other. And he was like, well, Dana came out and was like, oh, well, you still haven't responded to my other challenge, basically ignoring the flexing, what he proposed to him for his fighters, didn't even acknowledge it, really just kind of bashing on him. So it shows Dana's white ass too, at the same time, because it shows that he's only worried about himself and the company at the end of the day, not as worried as much as the fighters. I mean, you don't know what happens behind closed doors, but still, it's not respectable. That's not as crazy in itself. 
Chuck, what else, man, for like now we're starting 2022, what can the fans expect from you? Um, you know, just putting out some more content every month, trying to get out every single fight card or event that's happening, trying to speak more to the fans about um, the events while they're happening. You know, I'm very prominent on Twitter during the fights. I'm trying to make as much noise as possible about each fight, breaking down some stuff, getting into my heated exchanges. Um, but I think also I'm just trying to get more technical into the fighting stuff, trying to break down some of these fights, like the last fight with um, Oliveira and Poirier and how that ended, basically how he just got out-wrestled that whole fight. He couldn't get anything advancing. He was just getting shut down. I don't know why in that one second round, he just laid on his back the whole second round and was just getting dominated, which was basically like a 10-8 round, which he won the first round. I don't know why he didn't go with the stand-up, like was working for him in the first round. And then Oliveira finished the fight and how he won his first fight ever in the UFC and also went for the most submissions in UFC history right there with that. So that was a big way for him to go out right there in that one. And then also now with you too, are you getting back to your personal MMA journey? Not just the podcast, but like training. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into that grind mode. The last year or two, you know, COVID was ridiculous. Getting married, having a kid, trying to get settled down, get it settled into a routine. So now that I got my routine set for, I'm trying to just dive deeper into my MMA career. I took a little pause there. Um, I was at 220 pounds before I left for my deployment last year. And now I'm down to 170 pounds today this year. Um, so now I'm trying to get back to 185, 190, get back into the gym, setting up a home gym right now. And then either going back to Ronin Training Center here in Columbus, Ohio, located on campus, or to um, the Mortal Fitness ran by Matt Brown in the UFC here in Dublin, since it's a little bit closer. Man, that is awesome. Chuck, anything else, man? Because now you said it's going to be all once a month, which is going to be great breaking down these cards, giving you updates on the journeys. We definitely missed having you on a lot in 2021 because you were serving our uh, country. So we are happy for you to be able to be able to be on once a month now yeah i'm glad to be back and put out some content for you guys give you guys some information and the latest news i can about the ufc chuck anything else before we sign out look out for some more madden streaming coming up and some more call of duty vanguard streaming as well um been doing a lot of that lately got some videos up on my youtube at chucky the ducky you can check that out on youtube um you can also check on my Twitter. I linked it on there. Um, Chuck the Duck MMA. Um, and my Twitch, I got some videos up for it too. Got 90 kill gameplay, which is ridiculous. Um, been popping off there lately. So trying to get some more of that stuff out for you guys. So Chuck, that UFC card 270 on January 22nd. Greg Hardy's fighting on it too? Yes, Mr. Greg Hardy, <laughs> the other <laughs> domestic violence king will be fighting um i don't know this they i don't know why dana white like i said when he gets buddy buddies with a certain fighter he still gives them headline cards greg hardy is known for controversy so he knows that he people are going to buy in to come see greg hardy's fight and then you have saeed not uh Nurmagedov, who's khabib's um brother so obviously he's a cousin i forget which one but he's going to obviously get him into there because he wants to try and push his name they're going to see that name on the card and it's just all about box office numbers sometimes for uh, Damon. So we'll see. 
So who's going to win that main event? I'm going with Ciro uh, Gain in this one because I just think he's a little bit more explosive, a little bit more athletic. His movement's a little bit faster than Nganu. I know Nganu has a little slight edge on power because he's just so cut and lean. I think he still has the power advantage. But I just think Cyril's just so much more athletic than um, Nganu because in that last fight with Stipe, he's just kind of standing there and, you know, he's a little bit slower. So I just think Cyril's going to have a little bit more of explosion there. And I think Moreno also keeps, well, actually, I think, I don't know about the Figueredo or Moreno fight. That part three, that one's going to scare me. I want Moreno to retain the belt, but I feel like Figueredo's going to be explosive and knock him out again. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got to be biased and pick Francis. I have to. From <laughs> Cameroon, Africa. I got, I got to. I got to. But with that being said, thank you everyone for listening to the L7C podcast. Chuck is back full swing this year in season three. Be on the lookout for more of his episodes. He's going to be coming in hot. Make sure, like you said, follow Chuck on all social media platforms if you don't already, so you can follow his journey, uh, breaking down fights during pay per views. He actually does a great job. If I fall asleep right after a main event, and then I can just go to Chuck's Twitter, read all of his tweets, and I feel like I was watching the thing. So he really does a great job on breaking it down. So, with, and then he already gave you his Twitter. You already know the links to listen to us. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the LCC podcast. Signing up. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.